We'll continue our study on Genesis. Amen. Hallelujah. They didn't kidnap Brother Darrell today at the parade. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joe, you got Super Bowl champions on too? I hear you. I hear you. Genesis chapter 4. We're getting to the study of Genesis. And um, let's see what the Lord has to say to us in Genesis chapter 4 as we move right along. Verse number one says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. There's a lot that is in this chapter here, just as it's been with the past two chapters. It's a lot going on. And the first thing I want to point out to you in verse number one in chapter four, and Adam knew his wife. Very important to understand what the Bible is telling us. When it says Adam knew his wife, it meant Adam got intimate with his wife. Now, that is important because there's a whole lot more behind that knowing stuff. You don't get intimate with God, you will never know God. And so, God is trying to help us just not to read and just say, okay, you know, they had a kid. It's more than that. God operate on principles. God operate um, in a certain way. He does things a certain way. So he will keep the same principles in how he does things. He might not do it the same way all the time, but certain principles he holds. And when you study through his word, you will begin to pick up on certain things. So when the Bible says, and Adam knew his wife Eve, he knew her, it meant he got intimate with her. And so they got to know each other better. I'll go a little deeper, go back to the man-woman thing, husband and wife that are not knowing each other your relationship is in trouble because you're not understanding each other. We don't realize what uh, knowing your spouse, how important it is. Uh, some people, you know, kind of negate that. You know, we, you know, let's be truthful. Um, some of us, um, um, I try my best to say it as nice as I can. Some of us are, are not... Um, are not as amorous as some of us, um, but but God allow us to have um, spouses um, for many reasons. But if you're going to have a spouse, you need to know each other. Yes, you need to know each other. And sometimes that's uh, that's one of the areas where relationships start deteriorate because we we underestimate what knowing each other should be about. And when knowing each other is not going on enough, then you don't realize that your relationship's starting to go apart a little bit. You start to separate a little bit because you're not knowing each other enough. You're not knowing each other consistently. God allow intimacy to help us to know one another. 
So just getting married and having the, 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 the paperwork that say you married is not what God is after. That's a legal thing. God is after your relationship. When you get with your spouse, when you're married, God is after relationship. And relationship is not good if it's not intimate. Oh, I'm going to go on in Bible study tonight. So there's a lot of principle being taught when it says in Adam knew Eve. Intimacy, knowledge of who she is, more than just conversation, more than just, okay, that's my wife. He knew her. He got to learn things about her. I will go even further and says, knowing God, remember I've been telling you this, knowing God is to have faith and faith open the door to your miracle. Let me go back in the natural. I'm bouncing back and forth. So I just gave you spiritual. Adam knew Eve. What did they produce? Cain. So in the natural, because they knew each other, they produced something incredible. So it's the same in the spiritual. When you get intimate with God, miraculous things get produced. Because knowing God caused you to be intimate with God. And when you get intimate with God, then your faith begins to operate. And when faith is operating, then all kind of miracles will happen. So it is important that we spend a lot of time being intimate with God if we expect to, to, to see the miraculous. Jack Cunningham, the man that we just heard from, that we were listening to just now and watching, Jack Cunningham uh, talked about how he sits in his rocking chair frequently for long periods of time in the day. Now, that's not good for all of us because we have a secular job that we have to work. But we have to carve out that time where it's just you and God. You're reading your Bible. You're meditating on God. You're talking to God. You might listen to some worship music and you worship God. But that's getting intimate with God. And the more of that that you do, the more miracles will begin to happen in your life. More miracles will begin to happen around you because when you spend that kind of time with God, what you're doing is you're, 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 you're obtaining faith. You're getting to know God in an intimate way. And when you know God, you possess faith. And when you possess faith, you will see great miracles being done all around you because of your relationship with God. So in the natural... Man and woman know each other, they produce a child. Yes, I know God produced it, but the bottom line is God is teaching us a principle. That if the man and the woman get to know each other, they will do great things and produce great things. And even when they stop having children, when the man and woman get together, they, they, they produce their love grow when they get intimate together. Mm. All right, y'all want to move on from that. Verse 2, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So now there's a second child. And verse 3 says, and in, the process, and in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought up the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought up the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. 
Okay. A lot of people have thoughts about this. Let's look at it closely and break it down little by little. We don't read in the passages we just read, we did not read of any sin that Cain or Abel committed. Yes, no? Yes. So there was no sin that they committed, so we can't go and assume right away that they needed to do the same that God did for Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve sinned. And that's where God killed an animal, took the coat, took the skin of the animal, made them coats to cover them. But blood was shed when Adam and Eve sinned. We did not read here that Cain and Abel sinned. So we can't just assume that they were supposed to bring an animal and sacrifice him. So, God did that with Adam and Eve, but again, we didn't see Cain and Abel. We didn't read about Cain and Abel sinning. Therefore, we have to assume that this was just an offering of gratitude, thanking God for who he is and what he has done. That's the kind of offering that Cain and Abel brought unto the Lord. Yes, Mr. Henry. Uh-huh. Well, we're assuming that. And but and that's what I'm saying that we can assume that, but what I'm saying is let's follow the, the same pattern. And I'm with you because I had my thoughts about different things, but let's follow the same pattern. When Adam and Eve sinned, God killed an animal. Now we have Cain and Abel. The pattern should have been, okay, Cain did something or Abel did something wrong, so they had to do a sacrifice. We didn't read of them doing anything wrong, so why are they sacrificing? But, but, but the sacrifice went, the, the, God did the sacrifice first. Why did God do the sacrifice? Right, because they sinned. Okay? So, shouldn't it be the same thing for Cain and Abel? No? They should just do, so, so they should just give a sacrifice for, for no, no reason at all. Uh-huh. You didn't read that. You didn't read that. See, now, now we now we add and we, we, we make it a scripture to fit what we want. What I'm saying is you can assume, as Brother Henry is assuming, that, okay, since sin came in through Adam and Eve, they were just offering up atone, an atonement for sin, right? But what I'm saying is before then, we didn't read about them offering, offering up any atonement for sin. Why is it now that they're offering atonement for sin? What about, why couldn't their dad uh, offer up atonement for, for sin for them? Job did that for his kids. So what I'm saying is, all of our theory, including mine before, our theory about why this was going on was all about things we started putting in. Now, if you want me to explain it just for what was written, then that's different. 
And what I'm saying and in my explanation is Adam, I'm sorry, Cain or Abel, we did not read them doing anything wrong. So we have to assume that they was offering up a, a offering and we'll, 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 we'll see what the scripture says as we, 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 we begin to study it out. They were offering an offering unto God for gratitude. Almost like worship and, 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 and giving a sacrifice unto the Lord for appreciation and thanksgiving. Now, I'll give you some scripture while I'm saying that. I'm not just making stuff up. So, whatever you're going to tell me tonight, give me some scripture to back it up. And not assume our traditional way of what we were doing. Yes, uh, who was first? Where you read that? What did you have, Sister Wyatt? <laughs> mm-hmm. That y'all going ahead of it. Slow it down and let me talk to you a little bit. Learn something new tonight. I'm going back to that word. And Adam knew. Y'all going to miss the point. But here's where I'm trying to get you to. It's only when we know God do we know what to do. <laughs> so we're doing all this assuming, which I have done over the years. But what I'm trying to get you to do is... Even if Adam was offering up sacrifice and teaching his children that, again, a little assumption there. But let's say he was doing that. He, they might have watched him and different things, and he might have told him whatever he told him. But until they know for themselves, then their offering that they're given from their knowledge of him is now different. When you do something because you know it has a different meaning than you just following what you've seen done. So I believe, as I've assumed over the years, oh, they watched dad and, you know, you know, mom, and they offered that, that, that. But I don't believe that's how it went. I believe that they grew and started learning who God is for themselves. And now their appreciation and sacrifice to God came from their heart as to their relationship with God. Well, that's what the Bible is about. It's about relationship. So go to, go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 and read that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 is the thing that helps us out a lot. By faith. <laughs> what is faith? Having the knowledge of who God is. 
By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. I'm using the word now. I'm not going by what I felt. So it was the knowledge of what Cain had of who God is and the knowledge of what uh, Abel had of God is what moved them to offer their offering, how they offered it. So now you now come to the place of understanding the disparity in the offering. Why did this one offer this and that one ordered that, offered that? Because they both offered according to their faith, their knowledge, their experience with God, their intimacy with God. That's what caused them to offer different kind of offering, which is what it was all about. Yes, ma'am. No, no. Yep. I understand. This is why we have to go by the word. Let the word interpret the word. Hebrews 11 was the one that says by faith. So it was because of faith why one offered one, offered a certain kind of offering, and the other offered a certain kind of offering. And trust me, you study it out, you will see it still runs the same way today. Depending on your relationship with God will depend on what kind of offering you give him. Yes, ma'am. Give me one second. Say again. Because when you know God, see, see, it keeps coming. That's why I don't want y'all to move off that. Because when you know God and you really get to know God, you begin to deal a different kind of way. When you get an experience with God, you begin to deal a different kind of way. And just what we do sometimes, we just say, thank you, Jesus, just out of gratitude. We just wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you out of gratitude. We just begin to give God honor because we know God is good. It always comes down to your intimate knowledge of God is what will tell you or drive you to operate the way you operate with God. And that's why faith coming by hearing, as much as we inter interact with God will depend on how much. I don't have to be with you every day, but when you come to church, I can tell how much you interact with God throughout the week. Because when we interact with God, oh my goodness, I can't wait till Thursday to get here. I can't wait till Sunday to get here. Nothing stops me. I'm driven. I'm moved. I got to go today. I'm not trying to use me as an example, but I don't have another example, so I'll use me. Today, I work from home. I studied all day long and I couldn't wait to come to church. I came to church, man, I came to church 4.45. Set the sanctuary up, popping one of the, 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 the preaching tape, and I'm just enjoying the preach. I couldn't wait to be with God in this room by myself. So I'm just telling you, when you begin to get intimate with God, you can get into the natural. If you get intimate with your spouse, you want to lay there a little bit and just lay, lay and get some pillow talk. Intimacy is what God is after because that's what he established from the very beginning of how we will live for him and how we will have a right relationship with him is through intimacy. Everything that we will do, everything that we won't do will be because or of intimacy or not because of intimacy. Yes. 
Faith is not an action word. Faith is a noun. It causes action, but it's a noun. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Faith, his intimate knowledge of God growing up. Yeah, Dad, I see what you're doing. Just check all of our kids that grow up in church. Oh, man, I can go on with this nonstop. A lot of our children, they don't stay in church because they live for God on our coattail. They never got intimate with God. So they kept coming to church. My mom made me come. My dad made me come. Whatever it was, they just came. And if they never come to that day of intimacy with God, they never offer up that sacrifice. They never just give themselves to God the way they need to because they was coming and they just, they just, what did I say in my notes? Cain did a presentation and Abel offered the sacrifice because of faith. So one was doing a presentation. And when we come to church, some of us just do the presentation. But the ones that have faith and faith is driving them, those ones, they're not doing no presentation. Those ones, some stuff is flowing out of them. They can't help themselves but to worship God. They can't help but to praise God because faith is driving them. What they know about God is driving them. What they have experienced with God is driving them. Yes, ma'am. Mhm. Mhm. That's the answer. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. So that's why it got to the place where God approved one, except one, but the other he didn't because scripture again, Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith Come on, somebody. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Cain was offering up presentation, not faith. So he wasn't pleasing God. And God like, I can't consume that because it's not done in faith. You're doing it out of just doing it. Go ahead. How are you going to love him if you don't know him? But, but, but that's faith. See, that's faith. Faith, I know everybody's trained to say faith is really believing, believing. But faith is actually knowing God. When you come to know him, then that changes everything. That's what makes you believe. That's what makes you have relationship. So m- most of the time we're not realizing that... Faith means I have an experience. I know who he is. I understand him because nobody does anything just just by just out of ignorance. You're doing it because you know. Abel knew. And Abel obeyed because he know faith makes you obey. Faith makes you put some action into it. And Cain probably just wanted his dad to see him doing it. Dad, look, I'm doing what you say I need to do or what we should be doing. But no faith. Or very little faith. Hmm? Yeah, but, but, yeah, but listen to this. Take it this way. If, if 
if I understand how powerful you are, that will make me do stuff because I know you can hurt me. Right? So, so, so if Cain just would just know God, be like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this, but you know what? I know how God is all powerful and all knowing, so I'm just going to do it. And that's probably what he did. He probably knew how powerful God was and knew I still better do this, but his heart wasn't in it. So I think that faith has to come before love because if you don't know somebody, you can't really love somebody. And so it starts with faith, and that's why a lot of people are struggling with getting saved. Because in order to really get saved, you have to dig in to try to know God. Listen, I don't know any man that got strung out or any woman that got strung out without some little, 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 little something going on. You never, listen, what they used to say, young people, you show, your kids shouldn't know this, but what they used to say, she whipped them. I know I'm going deep, but my point is trying to prove to you that we normally come to intimacy after that. We have to get intimate to, to, to really start knowing and loving. And you don't start loving until you know. You're like, oh, now you, you're crazy about the person because something went down. But if no intimacy go down, you, you're not going nowhere. No, 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 no. I wouldn't look at it like that. Let's get, let's get into the rest of it. Now we jump in on the lesson. Let's, so let's move it along. Um, <laughs> so let's look at the lesson. So we got to by faith. Uh, God testifying of his gift and by it being dead, speak it. Faith or lack thereof will determine your action. That's, that's my thing there. Cain offering was an offering of presentation, not with much faith. Verse five. But unto Cain, to his offering, God had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. God consumed Abel's offering with the fire, which meant he approved it. But he did not consume Cain's because he did not approve of it. Because the Lord did not approve of Cain's offering, Cain got angry and grieved and hot, and his face changed to disgust and disappointment. Let me tell you something. This is a fact. Cain did not operate in faith, but still wanted God's approval. We got to get we got to get this that in church people want the same what they see happening to somebody that committed themselves. So so if brother Chuby happened to just Faith is driving him and he's doing his thing, but he's not letting everybody know it. We see Truby getting blessed and we not getting blessed. You know what? All of a sudden there's a problem in our heart. We start being jealous. We start having an attitude. We start having problems. And you don't know what that person is doing to get with God. And all of a sudden you see blessing flowing and now you're standing on the side like, I don't know. No, you know what happened? You did what you want. You didn't operate by faith. And so you didn't get what God had for you and that other person did. So Cain issued was just like many of us today i'll give god what i want and when god don't take what you want then you get mad that's what's going on this is what's going on in this thing right here i'll just give god what i feel like he should have i don't see what's wrong with this that's why we do i don't see what's wrong with this and so we just pass it off to the lord and then the lord says okay is that the best you're gonna do are you just gonna just give that to me you already know, because you know me. But you just decide you're just going to do your own thing. 
And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wrath, wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So the Lord responded to Cain being disgusted and angry. The Lord responded to him saying, why be angry and disappointed when all you need to do is do what is pleasing unto God and offer a sacrifice or you can say worship of faith and the offering will be consumed by fire to show my acceptance. So the deal is what makes God just and what makes God righteous is All of us is required to do the same thing. And God will do the same for every one of us. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. So what's the story? I give and I'm blessed. You give, barely give anything. And you don't get blessed like me and now you're upset. That's the the thing that's been killing us as people of God for the longest. You know, we're hearing about all the great things that God has done and we want these blessings, but we're not willing to put it in. And people have frustrated themselves over the years with the same thing. Listen, I can tell you about it because I am really, really a product of what I'm telling you about. I told you when I started going to church, there were so many men and women that was in the church longer than me that when I looked at them, man, they made me nervous. They were so spiritual and knew God and knew how to pray so much better than me. But what they wasn't seeing is I was working three jobs and eventually cut. I, I, I quit two jobs so I can go to church to every Sunday. They didn't know that. They didn't know I had three jobs and I decided I love God. I know who God is now and I'm loving God so I can't be working all these jobs. Nobody knew that. And so when I would just come to church Sunday morning, I quit my job so I can come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday evening, Thursday evening, and all the special service. Nobody was saying nothing about that. All they know that they was there longer than me. And I watched all of those things and I don't miss anything. Anything I said I was committed to, I did it. And all of a sudden when God promoted me, now the talking started. Who does he think he is? How did pastor make him this? I learned from, so what I'm telling you tonight, I walked in it. I'm not guessing it. I walked in it. I walked in how you give your life to God and you surrender everything and everything about your life is God. And some people, they was in it longer than you, but everything about their life is not about God. And they start getting mad at me. If they could have killed me, they would have killed me. (laughs) I'm just telling you how it goes. So hopefully we won't be like that in Christ in the church. We need to encourage each other. Give everything you got to Christ. Show up, man. Worship God. Give your life to God. So when you start getting blessed, the other person will know, I'm getting ready to get blessed because I serve hard too. I give hard too. And so just like he is blessed, I'm going to be blessed. But we be thinking we're going to be blessed when we do a whole lot less than somebody else. That's what happened. Yep. We had all night prayer. We bring our kids, roll them up in blanket. Some people, 11 o'clock, they said, I I can't stay no later than this. We just had the kids under the pew, and we stayed till the sun came up. Uh, I'm just telling you how it works. 
when your relationship with God, when you know him and you begin to understand who he is, it changes your life. You begin to operate in, in some different dimension, man. I mean, it's just crazy. You're like, what just happened to me? Still till this day, I got friends mad at me. Yes. Because when God pulled me in, I didn't know any other way than just to give all. And I just disconnected from the world and just went to the church and just was living for God and just doing all that I could to please God. And people got mad. You don't come around no more. He just went to church and just forgot about us. And I'm apologizing, even though I shouldn't apologize. I said, you know, I didn't understand everything I was doing. I just, just know that God is calling me and I just wanted to serve him and please him. Yeah, man, but you can't forget about us. I'm just saying how it went. I still try to love him, but I know some of them still got little issues with me because I went to the church. But faith will cause you to change who you are and behave a different kind of way, giving everything to God. He also said, however, if you do the right, if, if you do not do right, sin is knocking at the door of your heart. So when God confronts us and say, hey, what you did, that wasn't acceptable to me. But nevertheless, if you will just do what's acceptable to me, we, we will be all right. Man, what a life that God didn't just strike us down and kill us when we disobeyed him. He says, listen. There's still a way. Just do right. Do what's acceptable to me and we'll be fine. So he said, but if you don't, sin lieth at the heart of your door. And guess what? Sin, if you don't, if you're not careful, sin will rule you, but you are supposed to rule sin. We're supposed to have the power over sin, not sin have the power over us. That's how it's supposed to go. First Peter chapter five. Let me show you what he's talking about when he says sin lieth at the door. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So sin in disguise is the devil. He is a roaring, roaring, as a roaring lion. He wants to destroy you. Sin wants to destroy you. However, James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Look how, look how far we coming from in Genesis and we all up in first Peter and James of how the word is consistent. So here is what the word is saying. God was saying essentially to Cain, if you do what I want you to do, submit to me. Then you can resist the devil. We're trying to resist the devil and not submit to God. Impossible. He will destroy you. He will just, he will just, Get you down and out. So when, 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 when you are tempted or when there is, there is a situation where it's bothering you that can bring you into sin, the first thing you need to do is go and submit to God. God, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Whatsoever you want me to do, that's what I will do. I ask that you will 
remove out of my heart all that is unrighteous, all that is ungodly, whatever temptation that is before me, will you remove out of my heart whatever it is that's causing me to be tempted? I submit to you. I worship you. And you just go down that road. And so when you when you sincerely get down with God like that, when you get back up, that temptation cannot do anything with you. As a matter of fact, you can look at the devil and say, devil, that can't do nothing to me. Will you get out of here? Because I just submitted to God. But sometimes when the temptation is going on, we just kind of use our intellect. We start thinking in our mind what we can and can't do, and that will never be able to stop the devil, the temptation. You cannot defeat temptation with your intellect, with your smarts, with your with your history, with your longevity in Christ. That's not how you defeat Satan. You have to, at that moment, submit to God. It's the only way. I don't care how long you've been living for God. This flesh that we have is always desiring things that are ungodly. And the only way we can overcome it is by the Spirit, is the Spirit working in us. As the man just said tonight, greater is he that is in you. But you have to call on the greater that's in you and not try to do it on your own. Because you can't. Your adversary been here too long. He know too many tricks. And the only way you can get around him is by submitting to his maker, his maker, his creator. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hello. If we don't submit to God, we can't defeat the devil. And so if we want to find out why we give in to temptation, why we fail is because we didn't submit to God. If we want to know why um, when we come to church, we don't experience our breakthrough is because we are not worshiping God in faith. We're not praising God in faith. We're not sacrificing unto God in faith. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Listen, verse nine, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. I am I my brother's keeper. Let me tell you this. If we don't deal with our sin the right way, it's going to cause us to become defiant. When you have sin in your life, you have to repent of it and you have to submit to God. If you don't repent of your sins and submit to God, you will become defiant. And when people try to address you, you will become agitated and you will become arrogant and you will just turn around like with with rage because you never dealt with your sin. That's what happened to Abel. He didn't deal with his sin. I mean, Cain, he didn't deal with his sin. So even when God gave him a chance to repent and submit so he can do the right thing. He still didn't do it. And that caused him. So so he started out being disobedient, not a murderer. We'll start out with a little lie. N- not going to rob a bank. So we got to learn what they did so we can keep ourselves from doing it. When we when we finally end up doing something what we would consider big, 
it's because we didn't deal with the little stuff. We got to get a hold of the little stuff. The things that are little that we know we're not doing, we need to start doing. The things that are little that we uh, are, are omitting to do, we need to start doing them. We need to deal with the little things because if we don't deal with the little things, they will become big things. Listen, I, I, I felt the Holy Ghost when today I was going through this. Oh, Lord. So all I can say is, oh, Lord. I was telling somebody the other day. One of the good or bad of being a pastor. <laughs> I'm learning I'm young. There's some things that I know. There's some things that I'm learning now. But one of the things I learned. And this is what, when the Lord call you to pastor people, one of the biggest things that happens is you get connected with them spiritually. Any false move, there's a disconnection that goes on that I feel. Now, I don't know your business. I don't know what you're doing or not doing. But you can come to church. Put it like this. I'm going to pick on Luke a little bit. It's my friend. I, I'm going to pick on Luke. So I said to Luke the other day, Luke, were you in church the other day? Yeah, Pastor, I was in church. Something is wrong. Because how, if you're in church and I didn't feel you in church, then there's a disconnection between me and you. Which means you're missing something. Something is not going the way it needs to go in your life. And lo and behold, Luke and I got together and we had a great conversation. Dead on the money. And I'm not telling you his business. Nobody knows his business. But my point was that happens. And I don't come to you all the time. Luke, thank God me and you was able to hang out a little bit, kick it a little bit. But I don't come to you all the time. Some of, sometimes it's just something you're going through and you'll get it together and you'll be fine. But what I'm, I'm going to let you in the little crack door is when you're going through, I know it. Can't hide it from me. That's part of the job of being a pastor that I didn't know all the way all about, but now I know it. So I can feel when you're connected to me and I can feel when you disconnect from me. And that just comes from your action in how you're living for God, what you're doing. I can feel you. It ain't no gift. <laughs> well, the, the the challenge is with that, um, and for me it's mostly a challenge. The challenge is with that sometimes is uh, you want to help, and sometimes people don't allow you to help. You know, like when we get together, uh, I will tell you this with me. If there's ever any situation and we get together, we're going to come up with a plan. Probably part of my DNA, part of my training at God. We're going to come up with a plan. We're going to put something in place, and when we when we part ways, there will be something that we're working on. And if we don't work on that, I'm leaving you alone. I'll be loving you from a distance. Don't come telling me about nothing else. I don't play around like that. Because you know why? I've always been that way. And God has used me that way and I appreciate that. You know, Brother White always talk about that. About one time we went out knocking on doors. He was brand new in Christ. And he knocked on the door and two guys was in the house. And they had him in there, and he talking, running around, talking, talking, talking. So I said to all of um, the other that was, I said, where is Warren? Oh, he went into the house to talk to some guys. 
And right away, the Spirit of God just said, go get him out of there. So I went in there. I says, you know, nice and polite. And I heard him talking. I says, brothers, it was nice talking to you. God bless you. We love you. I said, come on. The next door we knocked on, there were people that want God. I learned way back then that I will not waste time with people that are not ready. But I will put the time in with those who are ready. That's what I learned from that. So if you're ready, you'll get all my time. If you're not ready, I'll leave you till you're ready. Because that's just wasting time. I can't, I, can't, I can't be in a situation where somebody over here want the time because they're ready and hungry. And this one is just wasting my time and I'm spending time. No, that's not fair. You got to spend time with those who are hungry and ready. So I've always operated like that, and I thank God for that. But I'm just telling you, God allows me to understand what's going on. Repent of your sins when sin is in your life. If you don't repent of your sin and somebody say something to you, you're going to become indignant and defiant. When you deal with your sin and somebody say something to you, you don't say nothing back. Yes. Yeah, when you repent and you submit to God, because now what you're saying is God is my defense because I already went to him about this. So if you're trying to do something to me now and try to make me feel bad or do something, I'm shutting my mouth because I went to God and I repent. I say, God, forgive me. I messed up. Please wash me and cleanse me and make me whole. I surrender to you. I turn from my ways of sin and I turn to you, oh God. And so when your adversary come, let Jesus deal with him. When you repent, but when you didn't repent, you get defiant and you get upset because now you're fighting your own battle. And he said, what has thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cry it unto me from the ground. Innocent blood speaks to God and God will avenge innocent blood. We may not see it, but again, this is Bible. Cain had to pay. And while, you know, we leave it to the justice system to do their thing at times, trust me, that's where reaping and sowing comes about. And so if you take somebody's innocency, you do things to people, trust me, it will come back to you. God take care of the innocent. He will not let people defile the innocent without paying a price. And now art thou cursed? From the earth, which had opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. God drove, you know, I found this interesting today. When Adam and Eve sinned, God drove them out of the garden. And then when Cain sinned, God drove him away from his family. I didn't get all too deep into that, but I'm, I kind of felt like, you know, sin will cause you to lose your position in God. You got to be careful of that. Sin will cause you, or maybe, let me say it this way, not sin will cause you. Unrepented sin will cause you to lose, lose your position in God. So what that means is you messed up, you know you messed up, God called you on it, and you just keep going in the same direction. That will cause you to lose out in God. But if you will, when God acknowledged, when God brings to your attention that you sin, and you will do like David did, and you'll get down before God and just repent right then and there, then God keeps you where he needs you to be because the blood of Jesus has covered you. But if you just keep going and doing your own thing, 
you will lose your position in God. He would no longer be productive. Cain, when, when God drove him out and he became a wanderer uh, through the earth and just was just uncertain, he would no longer be productive, a productive farmer, because what he planted would not yield uh, uh, or produce fruit. Cain became the first <laughs> mason, the first builder. Because up until that point, they were just farming. Uh, they were raising um, animals and stuff like that, and they set their tent up to live, I guess. But when Cain were no longer able to plant and, and, and the, the, the seed grew and produced fruit, he had to figure out another way to live. And so he started building, and you'll see. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. But God is always on point. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. God is no joke. Are we catching this? That... Even though God is punishing Cain, you can't pile on. You can't pile on when God is punishing any one of us. So if somebody messed up and God have to bring judgment on them, you better not pile on because God will come at you. God say, that's my child and I'm responsible for punishing him, but you don't pile on and try to make him pay anymore. Because if you, if you do it, I'm going to take vengeance against you. Just like I'm taking vengeance against Cain for killing his innocent brother, I will take vengeance against you if you try to kill Cain because this is my doing, not your doing. Yes, Aisha. You'll hold it? Yeah, we, we, we be piling on. See, instead of seeing people going through and pray for them, mm-hmm, that's what they get. They, they, they ain't right. <laughs> We pile on, man. And God says, you better not pile on because I'll come at you and take sevenfold on you. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife. Here you go that knowing again. What happened? When you get intimate, something happens. Right? You, 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 now you see, that's a, that's, a, that's a theme of the Lord. You get intimate, something happens. But if you don't want to get intimate, you will get regular stuff. It will be regular for you. I know what Aisha going to ask. Go ahead, Aisha. Go ahead. Go ahead. So my question is, God created Adam and God, God, as you know, we'll talk about this tomorrow. For, for those of you that will come out tomorrow and we talk about divorce and how we operate in a divorce situation, we'll talk about that a little bit, um, which is, unfortunately, um, how men operated back then didn't acknowledge women like they should have. And so because they didn't acknowledge women as they should have, Adam and Eve had other children, a lot of women, but it just never got talked about when a woman, when a woman was born. It was, to, look at Jacob. You barely know, only reason why you know about Jacob, one daughter, is because she got raped. 
They, they, they treated, this is why, I'll give you a little bit of tomorrow. This is why divorce was really against men more than it was women. God was speaking to men about divorce because women, men was using women as their property and do whatever they wanted with them. And God had to do something to stop that, say, oh, oh, you can't just put her away for anything. Men didn't treat women properly. They treated them like property all over the year. They treated them like property and that wasn't right. And so God was coming at men like, you know what? We got to fix this. This divorce thing is is out of control because you think you can just put the woman down and pick another one up. So God was against men with divorce. But back to the original question. Adam and Eve had girls, they had boys, and yes, they married their sisters, and that's how they had children. All from Adam and Eve. It just it's just that, you know, only the ones that was, you know, we read about that's we read about, but it didn't mean there weren't more there. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll, we'll, hey, we're studying Genesis, so we'll get into some of that, and you'll see some of it here tonight. Um, so, and Cain knew his wife Eve is knew it. I'm sorry, and Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he built the city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch, right? And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehuzel. And Mahuzazel begat Mahuzazel. And Mahuzazel begot Lemich. Right? This Enoch is different from the Enoch who walked with God. So don't get that twisted. The Enoch wasn't Cain's son that we're talking about. The Enoch that walked with God, you find him in Genesis chapter 5, verse 18. Okay? Hmm? <laughs> um, 19. And Lamech took unto him. That's where the mess started. Right? So we never read about nobody having more than one wife until right there. Genesis chapter 4 verse 19. You didn't hear the Lord brought him two wives. He took two wives. He's showing you how these men started getting out of control. This is why... The Lord gave Moses a writing of divorcement because it was getting out of control. And the Lord had to talk to Moses and say, listen, man, we got to get these women some kind of reprieve from this, these men because they're out of control. It was never the intent of the Lord for, um, for people that get married to get divorced. But the men was just really, really going overboard. It was out of control. And Lemish took unto him two wives. The name of one was Ada and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bare Jabal, he was the father of such as dwell in tents, and such as have cattle, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ, and Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every Antiphor, Antiphor, sir, Artisopher, in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounded and a young man to, to my hurt. 
If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly lemon seventy and sevenfold. So he did something wrong, and he said, Lord, if God going to avenge Cain, if anybody messed with him, then I'm really in trouble. And Adam knew his wife again. What happened? There you go. And bear a son and call his name Seth, for God said, He had appointed me another instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Intimacy with God. The knowledge of God produces revelation, and revelation brings forth miracles. If you didn't get anything out of this, intimacy with God will produce miracles. That's that's the message that you don't want to miss. You want to be intimate with God. And when you're intimate with God, your faith will grow because you know him intimately. And because you know him intimately, you will begin to call those things that are not as though they were. You will understand the things that he can do and will do. He will whisper things in your ears that you normally wouldn't get because guess what? You being intimate with the Lord. Worship, praise, thanksgiving, adoration, sacrifice. That's a big one. We don't want to sacrifice anything unto God. Man, I don't mind sacrificing unto the Lord. Sacrifice is a big portion of your intimacy with God. If you will sacrifice, it means that you draw, you you get a little closer to God because you're giving up stuff for the Lord. You did all that for me. That's what the Lord probably saying. You did that for me. Girl, come on. Any questions? Yes, Brother Henry. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. We can speculate that. Um, and I've been saying that, that um, when Adam and Eve sinned and then Cain sinned, I just feel like things got out of control and, and men no longer uh, was seeking to be intimate with God. And and I felt like it it, it went on from there. And then when Seth came on the scene, he decided to turn to God. But it just seemed like after Adam and Eve and here come Cain, it just seemed like men weren't trying to be intimate with God after that whole fiasco with um, Abel and Cain. And so they were just existing. They weren't getting intimate with God until Seth came on the scene. That's why, and, and, and if you read closely, that thing says Seth was in replacement of Abel. Who was the one that was intimate with God? Right. And then we go on. So we're getting ready to get into Noah, the one that God says this one found favor in the eyes of God. So God used him. So you will see the theme of God as we're going through scripture. That is those that have faith in God that became intimate with God, that God begin to show things and begin to reveal things to and operate through them. But for those of us that would just lay low and just do our thing. You know, we'll frustrate ourselves because, you know, it's one thing to come to church and serve God for a little bit. But after a while, you're going to want more. 
That's just the fact. That's who we are. After a while of coming to church and doing your thing, you're going to want more. And the only way more come is through intimacy. And I have my days where I get so like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I need to get to Jesus and I need to get with him right now. And I need to spend all this time with him. And I don't want to deal with nobody today. I don't care about nothing that's going on because it's that important that we understand we have to get intimate with God. We have to get personal with him and just you and him. I've had times that I took off work just so that nobody would be home and the house would be empty. Me and Jesus. All of us need to do that because intimacy will draw you closer in. It produces faith and begin to, you begin to experience things in God that you normally won't when you're just going through it. Because we need more of God. If we just keep on doing what we've done every day, after a while we're going to feel like there's got to be more to this. And if you don't get intimate, you frustrate yourself because you want more and you're not getting more. But the reason why you're not getting more is because you're not going deeper. Any other questions? Come on. We good? We'll jump to Genesis chapter 5, Sister Aisha. You got any other question other than your smart aleck questions? Because you asking questions, you know the answer. You just wanted to just say it. She knew it. She knew it. It was a trouble question. Huh? I'm giving you Bible. Don't say your opinion. That's not good. <laughs> I will give you, I will let the Bible interpret the Bible. Because trust me, some of the stuff that we will hear, you might say stuff that I used to think. But if I got to let the Bible interpret the Bible, it means that I got to dig in and tell you why. And here's the scripture for it. As opposed to, you know, stick to my, you know, what I felt or, you know, some great mind may have said it back in the day. Because that's a big thing. We have some great minds that may have said things back in the day. But, um, you know, when you start reading for yourself and digging in for yourself and you start getting into God for your own self, that's important. And you will get it. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cain's offering. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a challenge for a lot of people. Fruits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he brought what he could. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Faith is intimate relationship with God. Yes. 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 Yeah, and 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 that's you know part of what I was mentioning is you that's the theme through scripture is like women's name only got mentioned when it needed to be mentioned, not just just for any reason at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that, um, you know, we learned through our history is that um, women have come a long way. Men didn't do good by women back in the day, and we still got men today that's not doing right by women. We, we still have that. But just know that it's, it just didn't start today. It's, it's been like that where men treated women as their most valuable possession. It wasn't about relationship. It was about possession. So it was, that's how they were doing it back then, and some of them are still doing it today. Yeah. All good?
All right, I'll pray and then you can ask me after church. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. 